It's November 15th, 2018, and you are listening to Fight Me, an MMA news and opinion podcast hosted by myself, Anthony Tadero. This is our sixth episode, and as you probably know, as an avid and devoted listener, uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So it's changing week to week rapidly, kind of re- uh, reprogramming and uh, revamping things. I actually have a fancy microphone for the first time uh, since I started this podcast a mere five weeks ago. You know, now that I say five weeks out loud, I've been doing this for plenty of time to have bought a microphone by now. Uh, But little twist, I didn't buy this microphone. My lovely girlfriend, Miss Mallory Denae, got it for me as an early Christmas present. But she gave it to me early so that I could finally have a little bit of professionalism and provide my listeners at home with a little little less uh, sucking noise coming from my mouth, hopefully. Um, maybe I'll be able to edit out some ums and uhs. Um, <laughs> as an example, that um I just provided you with, uh, any pops and snaps, hopefully, will no longer be present. Uh, but we do have plenty to talk about, and I'm glad I can do so clearly. I hope you guys have had a good week. Uh, it has been a fun week in mixed martial arts for sure. Uh, a couple things I didn't really talk about too much on our last podcast that I kind of wanted to uh, start talking to you guys about uh, this week. Um, we had a really awesome uh, Invicta FC event uh, last week. Uh, Sorensen. Um, for Spencer, I believe, uh, Pam Sorensen, the new uh, 145 champ um, in uh, Invicta. And if you know anything about the Invicta FC's 145 women's 145 weight class, I don't really have to say Invicta FC's women's 145 because there are no men. Um, but Pam Sorensen is a legit featherweight a legit 145-er, so I would like to see a handful more fights from her, but I think it's uh, pretty safe to say that the UFC will have her their eyes on her, uh, especially with that submission, uh, submission victory. Uh, pretty awesome uh, card from top to bottom. I love watching the Invicta events. I don't know if any of you guys at home or gals at home uh, have been keeping up with what Invicta has been doing, but they put on awesome cards from beginning to end. There's still a bunch of technical snafus, as you will see from anybody who isn't the UFC, and honestly, you will see from the UFC from time to time. But uh, given the Golden Boy um, Promotions MMA event that we saw last night, uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell, I think it's proven that it doesn't matter how much money or experience or backing that you have, you're going to make some mistakes. And we'll talk about some of the technical snafus in the Golden Boy production event in a little bit. But yeah, I do love uh, watching Invicta FC. I think they have some of the uh, biggest up and coming women's names as evidence through the history, you know, uh, one of the most dominant mixed martial artists through all weight classes and all genders, uh, Chris Cyborg coming from uh, Invicta FC, uh, Megan Anderson coming from Invicta FC. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fighters have come 
to the UFC, gotten back to the UFC. Pro Gonzalez really tearing things up in Invicta. I hope to see her back in the UFC eventually. But a really good card, a good color commentary, uh, all the way down to the presence of the ring boy, which uh, I'm all about uh, equal opportunity. So my only problem with the Invicta FC ring boy is that he doesn't uh, – I don't feel like he's been forced to blow kisses as much as the UFC ring girls have been forced to blow kisses. Uh, it's a running joke every time I watch the UFC. Like, how long is it going to be after they focus on one ring girl's face until she blows a kiss? I have this theory that uh, the cameraman has been given uh, orders to not turn the camera away from the ring girl's face until she has blown a kiss. So you'll get this like awkward sort of stare off with the uh, camera sometimes where I swear the camera's been on her for way longer than normal. And then all of a sudden she blows a kiss. I'd like to see one one day where Ariani, I don't even know if Ariani is still a ring girl. I think she's probably a retired ring girl at this point. But uh, any of the ring girls, you know, the, the camera just focuses on them. And then the ring girl kind of smiles and gives a little wave and sort of fights the urge to blow a kiss for as long as she can. And then then the entirety of the production time is just wasted on uh, playing chicken with this ring girl because she won't blow a kiss. (laughs) It's like a a good three hours of screen time with just the cameraman not giving up and the girl not blowing a kiss. That's what I'd like to see. That's... That's what she, that's the fine commentary you'll get from me, your host, Anthony Tadero. But yeah, um, no kiss blowing from the ring boy in Invicta FC. Nonetheless, uh, some great some great fights. Uh, Mizuki putting on a great uh, showing in that one as well. Um, Mizuki, anyway, uh, winning by unanimous decision. So I'd like to see what we can expect from her coming up. It's always fun to watch the Adam Waits in Invicta. I really do hope we get an atom weight division in the UFC because there are some straw weights that I'm sure could go down to atom weight and plenty of smaller women that we're not seeing in the UFC because of the lack of an atom weight division. So that would be good to see as well. But uh, moving on to the UFC fight night, I believe it was 141 in Beijing, China. Uh, another first for the UFC. I see this as. Um, sort of a reoccurring theme. It looks like they're, this is the year where we start to try to conquer more grounds. Not that the UFC isn't kind of always doing this, but it looks like the UFC is trying to put on more and more events in places that they have not before. Uh, there is also a uh, UFC Performance Institute opening up in Beijing, uh, slated to be three to four times the size of the Performance Institute in Vegas. I'm sure the dudes who love in Vegas love that. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that should be awesome, especially considering all of the young talent there is uh, coming out of Beijing right now, coming out of China in general. Um, uh, it was a fun card um, from top to bottom. I know I always say from top to bottom, but this one was actually a fun card from top to bottom because uh, the top was not too far away from the bottom. There were not a whole lot of – there weren't too many fights on this event. The only ones that actually got aired, there were um, were four events, which I am all about that. 
Uh, I would much rather that than the six-hour slog that we sit through uh, on your average fight night. Uh, I don't know if that was just because uh, that's all they aired because of the time difference or uh, even if that's all that I ended up seeing. I don't really know. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, Starting from the first fight, uh, Li Jingleng uh, versus David Zawada. David Zawada taking this fight on uh, late notice. Uh, I didn't see how exact, exactly how much notice he got. I think it was only about three weeks or something like that. But I would love to see David Zawada with a full fight card because he was really impressive. His, for the most part, outstriking uh, Jingleng. Uh, but the leech, Jingleng, uh, which, by the way, is an awesome nickname. And uh, I'm not sure if Li Jingleng is like a bad-looking dude. But for some reason, just because of the name, the leech, I instantly see him as ugly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a pretty awesome nickname. Uh, the first thing he said when they put him on the microphone was, I'm the leech. <laughs> so uh, not much to be said for his mic skills. Uh, but the dude was you know, pretty funny. There had to be an interpreter, of course. But uh, the audience seemed to love him. I'm sure a little was lost in translation. Uh, Zhang Wang ending that fight with a pretty vicious uh, sidekick. Uh, I don't know, you know, I think he had just seen the opening for it. Uh, Obviously, he's practiced that sidekick a lot. Um, David Zawada just just showing the pain in his face pretty intensely, and then Jiang Ling just finished it. Uh, Pretty awesome performance. Love to see the leech uh, going forward in the UFC, I think. Uh, I believe he's uh, 145, 155. Uh, I'll have to check real quick to uh, to reassure that one. Um, but I believe he was a heavyweight. Uh, and then, or not a heavyweight, a lightweight. <laughs> what am I even talking about now? Um, moving forward in that fight card... Um, There were some pretty impressive fights all across the board. I really enjoyed the fact that there were only about five fights. I didn't have to uh, sit through a bunch of bullshit. Every every fight was um, you know pretty entertaining, and I'm sure that had something to do with how limited they were. Uh, and then we had another uh, Chinese superstar uh, after that, Song Yundong versus Vince Morales. Uh, Vince Morales, uh, that was his first UFC appearance. He was pretty impressive, um, especially considering who he was fighting. Song Yondong uh, fighting out of Team Alpha Male. I assume he's there to sort of brush up on his uh, wrestling. And uh, you can see, you know, he looked he looked pretty impressive with his takedowns and takedown defense and the little bit of work they did on the ground. Uh, a lot of good clinch work from him, but uh, Song Yondong's explosive striking uh being highlighted big time uh dude just has complete control of his body and um you know i would uh i would really like to see what he's what he's got for us oh by the way uh li jang lang is a welterweight i should really do my research before i start <laughs> but uh nonetheless you know it's always even though welterweight's kind of a stacked uh division on the ufc right now i'd like to see what some guy like him can do with um with the striking that he has and the durability that he has, 
took a lot of square shots on the chin from David David Zawada. But yes, uh, Song Yondong really, um, you know, especially with that team alpha male backing, he's only going to get better and better. Uh, again, Vince Morales was also a uh, late notice opponent. So I'd like to see what that dude could do with the full fight camp. This being his uh, UFC um, debut, uh, really, I think the UFC intending for him to be a stepping stone to Song Yadong. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see what he can do with the full fight camp, especially uh, given that the bantamweight division could use some uh, big-time stars right now. I mean, who do you really know besides the top? Well, who does your average spectator? I know you guys, my hardcores at home probably know, but who, who in bantamweight does your average fight fan know uh, once you get past the top two, maybe three? Uh, and then moving on to the co-headlining event of the night, uh, Alistair Overeem versus Sergei uh, Pavlovich. Uh, Pavlovich is a rising star in Russia. Uh, pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome striker. Uh, just a talented all-around guy. I believe this was his UFC debut. I was a little hesitant. Uh, not hesitant, but I, I was a little weary of this one in the beginning because I don't like to see the dudes that I grew up with and that I love get knocked out over and over again. And Alistair Overeem hasn't fared well against the, uh, the young up and comers as of late, you know, getting uh, massacred by Curtis blades. Uh, same thing, Francis Ngannou. Um, I, I don't like seeing him get beat up over and over again. I, that being said, I'm, I'll never count them out, especially after this performance, just putting on a show of might against uh, Sergei Pavlovich over him back to his uh, back to true form, uh, knocking uh, Chris, knocking Sergei Pavlovov, Pavlovich uh, off uh, in the first round, late in the first round, four minutes and 21 seconds. Uh, so yeah, let's let's do this. I mean, I'm all in seeing uh, Alistair Overeem make a run once again for heavyweight. It's uh, it's you know pretty much a free for all right now uh, at heavyweight. You know who know it, it's it's kind of constant chaos at heavyweight. Uh, the only one who really um, was able to cement himself uh, was uh, Stipe, and you know Stipe got beat by DC. So it's really really anyone's game at heavyweight right now. Uh, that being said, it could be Francis Ngannou's game again. I'd like to see, I, who knows what's really going to happen at heavyweight. Is uh, Stipe going to fight a contender? Is DC going to retire after he beats Brock Lesnar? Because let's face it. There's no way, I, there's, there's no way DC is losing that fight. Um, who knows? Is, is Lesnar even going to make it through the, you saw the testing. We'll see. But either way, um, Francis Ngannou really just cementing his uh, position at heavyweight. If you almost forgot, because Francis Ngannou is back to true form, uh, knocking Curtis Blades out in 45 seconds. Uh, the punch actually, I think, happening around 20 seconds, and then um, Ngannou just taking a little more time to finish Blades off. I really did not see this unfolding this way. Obviously, I wasn't discounting it as a way that the fight could end because Ngannou can knock anyone out at any time. He's proven that over and over again. 
Uh, but there were a lot of questions in his game. Was he still gun shy uh, after his fight with Stipe? Uh, you know, did all the trash talk uh, coming at him after the Derek Lewis fight? That was just just the cruelest joke to us fans who were looking so forward to that fight. Um, you know, did all that get to Ngannou? Uh, I think the answer is decidedly no. Uh, Curtis Blades, I think on a four-fight winning streak going into this fight, uh, he's a completely different fighter than he was when he fought Francis Ngannou in his UFC debut. Uh, but, you know, just just looking. You know, and just, well, not that he looked any way in particular because he didn't really have any uh, time to look any sort of way. He got knocked out super fast. Uh, I was really thinking that uh, his stand-up had gotten to the point where he could at least uh, lull Nganu into a striking match, uh, holding his own pretty well, and then gotten the takedown. Uh, you know, no joke here. I definitely thought Blades needed to take Nganu down if he was going to finish this off. I thought it would look pretty similar to the uh, Miocic fight. Uh, but he was not so lucky. Uh, Miocic took some punches from Nganu. It looks like Curtis Blades does not have the same uh, sort of chin that Stipe does. That being said, I I don't really think this you know hurts his stock a little bit, but I really don't think it changes his trajectory in the UFC. Get a few other wins under his belt, and I think he'll be right back into title contention. Uh, maybe setting up another Ngannou fight in the future. Uh, this being the second decisive win for Ngannou, I, I don't really see that, but could happen. Who knows? Um, Kind of hard to tell what's next in the heavyweight division until everything shakes out with um, DC versus Lesnar. Uh, I don't know. If Brock Lesnar wins this fight, is he the UFC heavyweight champion? I don't think anybody wants that, uh, except for maybe wrestling fans. And, you know, because of that, maybe the UFC also wants it. I don't know. Apparently, all you have to do. Uh, to become a heavyweight champion, if that is the case, is just get a big following in some other sport. I'm sure you've probably uh, figured at this point, if you're a listener of the show, that I'm not a big fan of the current um, the current direction the UFC is headed as far as if it sells, then we'll put it on. I would like to see the best of the best fight each other. Doesn't seem like that's what uh, that's what I'm gonna get anytime soon. Uh, we'll see. Who knows? Uh, so moving on, uh, kind of take a little bit of break from the UFC. Uh, uh, Golden Boy Productions or Golden Boy, whatever they are, Golden Boy MMA, I guess is what we were calling this one. Golden Boy MMA seizing the moment uh, because the UFC's uh, fight night was in China. The main event, I believe, aired around 6 in the morning. Uh, your host, your boy, uh, Anthony Terrero, was not watching UFC Fight Night 141 live. And if you were, you're a psychopath. Or you, you don't have anything to do. Who's watching mixed martial arts at 6 in the morning? Uh, so, yeah, I watched that one Saturday night. And then uh, right afterwards, uh, Golden Boy seizing the moment of not having a UFC event on a Saturday night or really um, not having much in the way of sports to compete with at all. I don't really think there was anything else on. I'm sure that has something to do with why they put on their event. Uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell 3. Uh, 
Um, I would share my opinion on how I felt going into this fight, but I feel it is the most cliche and contrived opinion. I didn't really, didn't really want to see it. And, uh, you know, if I would have seen it or, you know, since I did have to see it, I would have liked for it to have gone in Chuck's favor. Uh, I mean, I did, that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm always going to go with the, um, I'm always going to go with the man of few words who backs everything up in the octagon. And that, that is Chuck. Um, you know, this is, uh, this is like the, um, this is like the, the beta version of like the beta tested version of the thing I've been into in mixed martial arts for the entirety of me watching it is Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz's beef. Um, you know, this is, this is, uh, something that's been going on since I was a little kid, uh, sort of formed how I feel about mixed martial arts today. Uh, you know, I like to see the, the guy, uh, the guy of little words who backs everything in the octagon, uh, you know, picking apart the shit talker and, um, you know, showing him that, uh, hard work and resolve is how you get to where you want to be, not, uh, showmanship and, uh, trash talking and image and style and all that. Uh, so, I mean, this was really, uh, this is really kind of hard for me to, to watch. Uh, even though I understand, I hear a lot of people talking on, uh, Twitter or I see a lot of people talking on Twitter. You don't hear Twitter, uh, but I see a lot of people talking on Twitter. Like, oh, did you? How can you really be upset about this? They're both grown ups. They've been fighters their entire lives. They know what's going to happen. I know Chuck knew what was going to happen. Uh, and you know, the thing is, what made me sick to my stomach a little bit is we also all knew what was going to make what was going to happen. Uh, Chuck hasn't trained in God knows how long. Uh, he was never really in great shape even when he was training and he actually looked pretty good, uh, physically in this fight. Not, not when it came down to the actual fight, but you know, Tito, however, has been training consistently. He's had a handful of fights. Uh, whatever you think about a Chael Sonnen fight, he beat Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen's not a, uh, not an easy out for anybody. Um, I mean, what can I say? Tito looked, uh, Looked pretty much like his old self, and Chuck did not. Uh, Chuck didn't look like him his his old self. He just looked old. <laughs> um, uh, the funniest part of uh, of that main event for me, though, was um, just I feel like nothing encapsulates Golden Boy's pure. Uh, disassociation with MMA, just the fact that they just do not understand the sport at all. Quite like when Tito Ortiz starts doing his victory dance, starts digging a grave with an imaginary shovel. And then that's when security, you know, as Chuck is knocked out in the corner, security comes over to Tito and then Tito backs off and starts to crawl towards his imaginary uh, <laughs> grave that he just dug and security pulls him away. Cause I think they don't know what he's doing. Like, <laughs> like how much more ridiculous can you get than that moment? How much uh, clearer can it be 
that uh, De La Hoya and his crew uh, with Golden Boy Productions just does not understand mixed martial arts. How clear of a sign can you get than them not knowing the victory uh, dance of one of the most famous fighters in the history of mixed martial arts? And not only not understanding it, but interpreting it as something dangerous that they had to stop. <laughs> like, no, we can't let him get to that imaginary grave. We must stop him. It was absolutely insane. Um, I, if Golden Boy keeps on doing these things, especially if they're doing them with um, iconic fighters, they should probably watch some of their fights. And they should probably, <laughs> I was joking to one of my friends about this. He was like, yeah, I, maybe they just didn't watch any of the fights that Tito won or I don't know what exactly was happening there, but it was, it was absurd. And um, I've heard a little bit of talk about Chuck's post-fight speech and stuff like that. Um, I don't really know if he needed to be on the microphone too much after that, but it, apparently he sounded okay. I didn't listen to any of that. I just turned it off right after that. Um, and that's not me saying that you're wrong for watching it or, uh, or any of that or me picking the high road or anything like that. I just, I didn't really care to watch it after that. I'm not a big fan of Tito. I didn't really want to see, uh, him running a lap or anything like that. Uh, and because of, the way the production had gone, I wasn't really too interested in uh, in seeing their post-fight wrap-up or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it was it was weird. Uh, there were some decent fights, um, though. Um, you know, it was nice to see Gleason uh, Tebow uh, get another win under his belt. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how many he has at this point who's been keeping up with um, with Gleason Tebow's career, really. But he looked good, you know. Uh, he, he, he looked pretty impressive. It was nice to see um, him doing his thing again. Um, who was that against... I'm going to have to look it up real quick. Um, yeah. Uh, Escudero. Efren Escudero, uh, who looked good. Um, you know, he's got a pretty, uh, pretty good record himself. You know, a younger dude, uh, the, uh, seemingly smaller of the two opponents, maybe had a little height on Tebow, uh, or yeah, but, uh, you know, good fight. It was nice to see some of these older dudes, uh, back in the win column. Um, Tom Lawler versus Deron Wynn. I mean, it couldn't have been more obvious that they were trying to build Deron Wynn as the next, um, as the next DC, uh, drawing comparisons with his body type, his fighting style, his wrestling pedigree, the fact that he trains with Daniel Cormier. Um, but he, he did great against the KG veteran Tom Lawler. There were moments where I thought Lawler was um, where I thought Lawler was uh, on his way out. Uh, but you know super super durable dude. 
Uh, Duran Wynn, uh, love to see what's next for him. Uh, kind of soft for 205, so you got to imagine that that dude could da- get down to middleweight and maybe do the same thing uh, that DC did in the UFC, where you know he comes in at uh, he came in at heavyweight, went down to light heavyweight, went back up to heavyweight. That that's definitely in the cards for a dude like Duran Wynn, and with his skill set, you got to imagine. Uh, that he would definitely be a tough out for anyone at 205. And considering the um, lack of superstars at 205 in the UFC, I'm sure the UFC's got their eyes on Duran Wynn. And uh, Oscar De La Hoya definitely <laughs> needs to uh, keep wraps on that dude because if he's going to try to build uh, Golden Boy MMA more past uh, what happened last night, he's going to need to focus on dudes like Duran Wynn and not focus so much on names like Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. Obviously those names are what brought all the eyes on this one. Any pay-per-view buys were not to see Duran win. They were to see Ortiz versus Liddell. Uh, and I hope they both made a lot of money. Uh, you know, Tito or, or uh, yeah, Tito Ortiz was in an interview talking about how he stands to make more than he's made in all his uh, UFC events events put together uh, because they are getting uh, even split of the pay-per-view buys. Uh, who knows how they really did on pay-per-view buys and a bizarre turn of events. You know, there was a um, Black Friday deal on uh, Fight TV. Uh, I think you could get the fight for 20 bucks. They dropped from, I think, $49.99 to $39.99. Uh, you know, a couple weeks out from the fight, they dropped the price. So that's kind of a weird move in its own. I think they probably should have just offered the fight for much less than they did. And they probably would have gotten uh, more buys from that, uh, especially considering, you know, the UFC, the premier organization uh, doesn't sell their fights for too much more than that. And, you know, they have the best of the best. Uh, that being said, sure. I guess Tito Ortiz looked good. Uh, I don't even know that he looked good as much as Chuck Liddell just confirmed all of our fears going into that. he, he had a look of confusion on his face the entire time. I think when he started throwing hands and uh, couldn't get anywhere near Tito, um, I, I think he just got scared and confused. Uh, saw a lot of real mean uh, jokes on Twitter. Uh, one of my favorite ones, because I'm a big fan of mean jokes, was um, uh, Tito Ortiz was, or uh, Chuck Liddell was asked, uh, what's next for him? He said, I don't know. And someone on Twitter said, I think Chuck must have thought they asked him, "Where are you?" Because <laughs> uh, he didn't. He was he was knocked dead. It was it was hard to see. So the Iceman uh, taking that loss. Hopefully uh, he he moves on to something else. But you know, being as he's a warrior, uh, who knows what he's going to do? Is he going to get back in the gym? Is he going to? I'm sure Tito's not going to fight him again. All he needed was that you know revenge win and he's out i don't think tito needs to fight ever again uh even though he may not sound it when he talks into a microphone tito ortiz is a smart dude (laughs) i don't know if you've seen that uh clip floating around i think from brendan schaub's podcast where tito ortiz says that he wants to outlive his his children uh (laughs) 
Uh, he has some. He has some pretty good ones going up to this uh, event that uh, were just confusing, confusing sound bites. Tito Ortiz being one of the worst all time shit talkers. So that's why it's always been funny to me that shit talking is such a part of his game because he's just the worst at it. Uh, but you know, nonetheless, coming out on top of this one. Uh, there were some snafus all across the board uh, in the production from the security ripping Tito Ortiz away from the <laughs> away from the grave that he had just d- dug with his invisible shovels, um, <laughs> resulting in the weirdest like mime based in ring battle I had ever seen uh, um, to the weird botched um the weird botched uh proposal uh, i can't remember who it was i want to say it was actually um alberto morales uh after getting the crap beat out of him by james barnes um for for three rounds uh then gets on the mic and starts uh, proposing uh, to his now fiance, I assume. Uh, but the truth is, I don't know if she said yes or no because the uh, commentators just started talking right over his proposal, and then they went into like a locker room interview after that, or just some footage of Tito hitting bags <laughs> while this dude is in the center of the octagon proposing uh, to uh, the love of his life in what could have been one of the only compelling and human uh, events in the entire, uh, the entire fight or the entire fight card. Uh, But they, uh, they blew that one. We didn't get to see it. So (laughs) Um, it would be cool if that dude could show his grandkids uh, his proposal or his, uh, his kids when he's, when he's an older man, the the proposal to his uh, now wife and uh, their mom, but no, they can just, he can just show them like the beginning of it. And then Rashad Evans talking about whatever. Uh, I'm a big Rashad Evans fan, but not really the best commentator. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not going to talk too much trash on him. Just uh, not, not, a, not a big fan. Frank Mir did a great job. However, Frank Mir was great in the, um, Post-fight interviews, great uh, commentary, technical commentary. Nobody really knows more about the fight game than Frank Mir. Uh, Dude was super impressive. So, uh, I mean, that's it pretty much. That was my Saturday night. That's how I spent it. Uh, I spent uh, the first two hours watching UFC 141 rerun uh, on my Fight Pass app. I don't really know. I'm starting to kind of doubt the uh, importance of my Fight Pass app until I get these events like the the one last night for free, which is awesome. But why don't I just get all of the fight nights? Why do we have to keep you know making different um, different TV deals with uh, different entities? Uh, why don't we just put them all in the Fight Pass app? I think you'd increase your um, your uh, 
whatever in-app pur- purchases or uh, or whatever you want to call it. I think you'd increase the amount of people who pay for Fight Pass if you put every UFC Fight Night on there. It would be a crazy awesome value. I'm still gonna. I'm still going to pay for it. I love watching the Invicta cards. I love watching Cage Warrior cards. The occasional bone they want to toss me with the fight night that happens at fucking four in the morning. Whatever. I'll watch it. But I don't know. I just kind of wish you'd reward us with more events or at least more original content. You know, that UFC 25-year anniversary um, thing. Um, I forget what it's called right now, but that thing's pretty cool. Give me more of that stuff. I'd really like that, uh, you know, or, you know, keep a series go, some sort of series going uh, all across around the year. I mean, Dana White's Contender Series is the only time of the year that I really feel like I made a good purchase uh, with uh, UFC Fight Pass. Uh, every other time, I'm just like, ah, am I still paying for this? Like, I see it on my bank statements. I'm like, all right, I guess that's cool. But yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, what else is happening? Uh, I think that's pretty much all I want to talk about. Uh, probably next week we'll talk a little more about uh, the tension Nasakawa Floyd Mayweather fight that's just doomed. I don't know what's still don't know what's happening there. Uh, Floyd released a big uh, statement on his Instagram about it being bogus. And now he's confirming that it is actually happening. He deleted that post from his Instagram. Uh, I don't really know. I wish I could kind of read comments and piece together what's happening through the comment section. But Floyd disallows comments on every single post that isn't a picture of um, that that isn't a picture of uh, his rival in underwear. Um, if you want to, if you want to check out his Instagram, anything that's not a picture of like, uh, <laughs> that's not a picture of Oscar de la Hoya in like fishnet stockings with boxing gloves. Uh, <laughs> every time, in case you haven't actually looked at Floyd Mayweather's Instagram, every time he talks trash on Oscar de la Hoya, he allows comments. Uh, but that is the only time he allows comments. Pretty funny move on his part. Uh, but yeah, the Tenshin Nasukawa had a, uh, another victory a couple weeks ago that makes him look even more like a beast. Uh, dude is insane, and if Floyd wants to face off against him in anything but a straight boxing match, he'd be a goddamn fool. But that being said, I wish he does because it would. I wish he would because that would probably be the most entertaining Floyd Mayweather fight in a long time. Uh, I don't see it going past the first leg kick if that were to happen. Uh, so I think that's about all I have for y'all this week. Um, like I uh, started last week, we're going to start moving into more and more segments. Uh, this week's Fight Me Point of the Week, which if you are just now tuning in for the first time, my Fight Me Point of the Week is where I share with you one of my hard opinions and uh, invite you to fight me about it. Uh, but then something we're starting now is um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to share one of these opinions with someone who could not give a fuck less about mixed martial arts. Um, being someone, from my friends, my family, a lot of them are probably going to be my girlfriend Mallory Denae. Uh, um, I don't know if you listened to our last one, but in my opinion, one of the funniest podcasts I've done ever. Uh, so 
please join me as we get to this week's I Don't Give a Fuck. Or ID, IDGAF. That's what we're calling it. IDGAF. Either way, my Fight Me Point of the Week. Here we go, folks. Okay, so this is our second installment of everybody's new favorite segment, IDGAF. It's the segment that's been sweeping the nation. Right, babe? What does IDGAF mean? You did it last week. Uh, folks at home, this is my girlfriend Mallory today. I know I said I'd be having a different guest every time. Uh, yeah, you couldn't find anybody else. <laughs> no, I couldn't. No one else talks to me. I have better things to do. Like what? I have to... <laughs> Name one thing you do. <laughs> I have to. And one of them can't be this. <laughs> I have to rewatch The Office for the seventh time. Yeah. Mallory got me started watching The Office. I never watched it when it was actually on TV. But now I love it, right, babe? Yep. You're a real Dwight. I'm not a Dwight. <laughs> You're a Dwight. You're an Angela. I am not. <laughs> What's the who's the real whorish one? Meredith. I'm yeah, Meredith. <laughs> you're a, you're being a real Meredith right now. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we're not here to talk about the office. Uh, as you know, uh, I do a fight me point of the week where I uh, make a hard statement about something I believe firmly in the UFC uh, or in mixed martial arts in general. How hard? Um, real hard, like rock hard, like about to knock my laptop over hard. <laughs> Well, what's your goddamn point? <laughs> uh, oftentimes, it's something that I hold tr- dearly and truly and will not budge on. Awfully, often, it's something I can be convinced otherwise of or will think differently in a week. So who knows? I'm not real steadfast. Uh, but this week, uh, and you know, after our segment, I always encourage you to get on the internets and fight me about it. That's right. I'm uh, almost... I'm halfway through 30. I stay internets now. I ironically say interwebs. Uh, but yeah, get on. Uh, I hate those people. Yeah, I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> You're sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> uh, so get on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. It's MMA Fight Me on all of those platforms. Or get on the uh, Anchor app, which is the home base app for, uh, for this podcast. And record a voice memo if you want to respond to me vocally. Yeah, you can do that. Um, I respond so, vocally all the time. I know you do. Why <laughs> <laughs> Uh So this week I'm talking about the uh, new fight slated for Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya. Oh, by the way, the fight me point of the week will always be relayed to someone who couldn't give a fuck less about the world of mixed martial arts and doesn't really know who any of these people are. So Mallory, do you know who either one of those people are? No, I mean, I care and I watch some of it, but I have no idea who that is. So Anderson Silva is, by a lot of people, considered one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Actually, so pretty, is this, yeah, so this segment is mansplaining session. Yes, yes. Uh, next week I'm going to uh, 
point by point explain the entire plot of Fight Club to you. (laughs) 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 And then grill you on what other Chuck Palahniuk video. (laughs) God, that was like all of my teens and 20s. Well, get ready. It's happening again. No, uh, sometimes it's just an explanation, not a mansplanation. That's what men always say. <laughs> they mansplain a mansplanation. <laughs> a mansplanation proclamation. Uh, so Anderson Silva is, by a lot of people, considered to be one of the greatest fighters of all time. Uh, just came into the, to the UFC and presented a level of skill no one had ever seen. One of the best strikers of all time. Uh, Still a great fighter. But a few years ago now, maybe four or five years ago, he uh, was in a fight with Chris Weidman, and he threw a leg kick against Chris Weidman's shin, and it folded his leg in half. Like, it broke his shin in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest fighters of all time. He lost that fight. Because he couldn't go on. So Damn. it was ruled in Chris Weidman's favor. Uh, not too long after that, probably not as long as he needed, uh, he fought Chris Weidman again. And, uh, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. The first fight, Chris Weidman knocked him out. Mm-hmm. It was the first time he had ever been stopped in a fight. And... Uh, Chris Weidman knocked him unconscious. Chris Weidman was like a relatively new fighter to like, as far as people know, or like fans, casual fans knew, but it was pe- people in the fight world knew that he was a badass. Chris Weidman knocked him out. In the rematch, Anderson Silva threw a leg kick to his shin, broke his leg in half. And then he was out for quite some time after that. And then he returned and has never been the same. Uh, he was known for antics in the cage, like playing air guitar at people. Wait, okay. <laughs> it's not I, a real guitar. It's just a gif somebody. He really did air guitar at Yeah, people? he would like flip because he was doing like on such a tear in the UFC that he would just like fuck off every now and then. Just like play air guitar <laughs> and kind of, you know, prove that he was the best in the world. Um, so he was a character. People love him. Uh, he started to take a lot of punishment. He's lost a few in a row. He just won. He won a fight not too long ago against Derek Brunson, who's not like one of the greatest fighters, but he's a decent fighter, and he beat him. Uh, so now the UFC is going to have him fight Israel Adesanya, who is like a young Anderson Silva, like a dynamic striker, a world class kickboxer. People weren't sure if he was going to do well in the UFC. But he's won four in a row decisively. His last victory was crazy decisive. He uh, is just a very quick, powerful, dynamic striker who is dangerous to anyone. And they're going to have Anderson Silva fight him, who is in his late 30s, well past his prime, also had injuries in the past, been knocked out a handful of times, should probably just be fighting people in his league. And I believe Israel Adesanya is out of his league. And Israel Adesanya should be fighting people in the top 10. So this is like how you should be dating people in your own league and not me who is out of your league. Right. Well, that's why I keep negging you. (laughs) 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 Like, just bring your confidence down (laughs) to the level where you think think I'm all you deserve. (laughs) No, I'm well aware. (laughs) By the way, we are doing a mixed martial arts podcast, so whoever happens upon this might think that I'm being like 
genuine <laughs> with that. So that's guys, that's not how you speak to women. She's my queen. <laughs> um, so basically, some people think that Anderson, this is exactly the kind of fight that Anderson Silva should be in, where he's passing the torch on to those uh, young up and comers and uh, letting them build a name off, his, off of his name, basically. And that's a big reason why Israel Adesanya is fighting him, because he's thought to be one of the greatest of all time. But I don't think that. Um, I don't think that beating him now proves that Israel Azania is that great. I think it just proves that he can beat an over-the-hill fighter. Right. So I'm basically saying that I don't think that this is the right fight for Anderson Silva, given what I've told you. What do you think, Mallory? <laughs> okay, so... Any follow-up <laughs> questions? So... Sil- Silva's the old dude. Yeah. So he shouldn't be fighting a younger dude who's just his... a video for reference. Right. But so the old dude shouldn't be fighting the new dude who's his replacement. Basically, I think uh, we just had this uh, Chuck Liddell versus Tua Ortiz fight. Not that I think that Emerson Silva is as old or irrelevant as either of those guys, but we did see Chuck Liddell get knocked out and before he got knocked out, he looked like he didn't even know where he was or what he was doing. I don't want to see Anderson Silva fighting these young guys who are just going to destroy him. Kind of like another fighter who we've seen go through the same thing recently is BJ Penn, who's past his prime and keeps getting the ever-living shit beat out of him. And it's hard to watch. And I don't want to see it anymore. So did they fight or this they're is going just, to. they're going to, they've been scheduled to fight. So you're just afraid that the old man is going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get so hurt. So you, what I'm hearing is that you personally identify with the old man that's going to get hurt. For, viewer, <laughs> for those of you who are listening at home, I'm laying on a couch right now and Mallory's clutching a clipboard and lowering her glasses slightly to make eye contact with me. <laughs> I don't want to make eye contact with you. It's scary. <laughs> you look at me while I talk about mixed martial arts. Uh, I mean, if an old man wants to get the younger dude to fight him, then that's on him if he gets hurt. Fuck that guy. So you're basically saying he's a big boy. He knows what he's getting into. Yeah, if he's older, he's been in the game, he fucking knows what it means, like, if you're calling somebody on or not. So it sounds like he's probably maybe a little bit delusional thinks that he could take anybody but if you get your ass kicked you get your ass kicked that's what it's about yeah i feel like he's just taking any fights well maybe not any fights that they give him but he's taking any big fight that they give him well to be honest i've just been distracted the whole time because his name sounds like if wes anderson and sylvia plath had a baby and it was anderson sylvia yeah. plath <laughs> guys please keep a look out for me and Mallory's indie rock band (laughs) Wes Anderson Sylvia Plath (laughs) Um, so you disagree with me I don't know what we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) we have been talking for about 11 minutes and you've been responding pretty lucidly Uh, no you you think that Anderson Silva's a big boy if he agrees to take a fight, that's up to him, and it's not up to the UFC to protect him. Yeah, absolutely not. Okay. He's challenging. 
He well, he didn't call this guy out. Well, what happened? I thought uh, you were saying that the old man is picking up young fights. Well, he's he'll, he took the fight that was offered to him by the UFC. I just don't think the UFC should have made so it. it. I don't think this idea. is. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, well, Israel Adesanya said in an interview on one of the more popular mixed martial arts podcasts that he wants to fight Anderson Silva, and I'm pretty sure that that might have had something to do with it. Okay, well then what's that guy's deal with trying to challenge the old man? Because he's thought to be one of the greatest fighters of all time. It would be a not only a um, safe fight for him, but it would be a big fight for his name. Like he beat one oh, of the Oh, well then that makes sense. Times. That's just business. Yeah. So you think... I think that... So a young guy is like, I want to make a name for myself by beating that. the great. And then... But you're just afraid that that the UFC should be like, no, he's old, so... Yeah, and I don't think it proves anything except for that he can beat somebody past his prime because he legitimately is one of the best up-and-coming fighters. I think he should fight somebody in the top 10 who's ranked above him. Right, I mean, I guess that's an interesting conversation is that you should be fighting, like, the top 10 right now for right. your name, not necessarily the, the long-standing name. Right, but since the UFC is tilted more towards... The more popular someone is, the more likely they are to put on the fight rather than the best versus the best. No, I can see your point. Wait, so the old man didn't challenge the other guy? No. But he, he has to accept it. He doesn't have to. Okay. He could say no. He, But he's not going to say no to something like this because he's got that warrior mentality and he's like, I can beat him. He thinks, Or even if he can't beat him, he thinks he should just accept the fights. Mm-hmm. Is this just because all your money's on the old man and you think he's going to lose? <laughs> no, I didn't put money on the fight before. The fight just got announced like last week. But I would not put my money on Anderson Silva. That's a bad oh. bet. I think he's going to lose and I think he's going to lose violently. I think he's going to get knocked out. I think this is some real ageism you're showing me. <laughs> I mean, I think he's, like, slightly older than I am. <laughs> he's, like, maybe 38, and I'm, like, you know, 27. So, like, it's not... <laughs> oh, he's 38? That's how old yeah. he is? Uh, something like no that. No wonder you identify with them. Yeah, well, you know, like, 30 is, like, about peaking for a mixed martial arts fighter. Right. So I was right that you just identify with him because yeah. you're a 35 and he's 38. <laughs> you know I'm 36, right? We live together, guys. <laughs> you just turned 36. Yeah. No, I thought I was 35. You thought I was 35? Yeah. Well, we just celebrated my birthday not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well uh that is the end of the show uh, this has been fight me with anthony Tadero and uh mallory Janae, the girl no one cares about i care about you oh if they saw my body they would care yeah probably it's rocking guys <laughs> i'm gonna go hit that shit <laughs> all right uh well thanks for tuning in again to another fight me uh, please feel free to uh, get on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, hashtag MMA Fight Me on Twitter. 
And uh, please feel free to, if you do not agree, if you think that this fight is fine for uh, Anderson Silva, feel free to fight me about it. Uh, And also leave us a uh, voice memo on the Anchor app. Uh, You can do that by just going to my website uh, or my uh, podcast name, Fight Me, with an exclamation point. Uh, Or hit up Fight Me with an exclamation point on anywhere you get your podcasts. That's right, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, um, Spotify, the other one. Uh, So thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, Make sure to check us out next week. And remember, as always, if you don't like it, fight me about it.